Father, we glorify your name. We exalt thee this morning. We magnify your name. Prepare my heart to hear the word of God this morning. Someone says, speak to me by name. Tell the Lord. Say, speak to me by name, O God. Let me not leave this place empty-handed this morning. In Jesus' name, lift up your voice and begin to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, speak to me by name. Speak to me by name, Lord Jesus. I want to hear you, O God. The word of God that will transform me. The word of God that will shape my life. Lord, I want to hear. I want to hear, Lord Jesus. Let the word of God that is being spoken this morning, let it drop into my spirit, soul, and body. And let me manifest, oh, oh God, uh, the word that I received in the name of Jesus. Thank you, everlasting Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah forevermore. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord. Begin to thank God for everything that God has done for you. Thank God for the month of October. As God said it will be, so it is. It is the month of restoration. Testimonies every day. Lift up your voice and worship Him. Our God and King, we thank you so much. If we have 10,000 tongues, they are not enough to praise you. For what you have done for us. Every day is another day to testify in the midst of your sins. We magnify thee, O God. Father, be exalted, be exalted, be exalted, be exalted, be exalted, be exalted. Our soul magnify the Lord. Our spirit rejoice in your holy name. You are God in the midst of us. As you told us yesterday in our prayer night, if your covenant with the day and night remains, then your covenant with us suffices. Father, we exalt and magnify your holy name for what you have been doing in the midst of Christ's faith tabernacle and in the midst of your people upon the face of the earth. We worship you, our God. We give you the praise and honor and glory. We thank you so much. Our soul magnify your name. Our spirit rejoice in your holy name. In Jesus' anointed name we have worships. Amen and amen. Please take your seats in the heavenly places. You are very welcome to, to another day with Jesus Sunday. You know, someone said to me that, why don't you people worship God on Sabbath? At least the Bible says that on the Sabbath day, God rested. And I said that, why? You want to know why? After all, Sunday came from the Roman idols. Have you heard something like that before? Oh, it's Sunday. Sunday is Sunday. The God, the Sun God day. Monday is Moon Day. The day they worship the moon. <laughs> and he said, he said, tell me all those stuff. And I said to him that, you see, in the Old Testament, God chose Sabbath. And he called it Saturday. But I went to Saudi Arabia, I went to uh, Dubai, and I prepared on Sunday to go to church. And when I went out, I discovered that everybody had to go to church on Friday. Friday is the day for service. Saturday is working day. Sunday is working day. And I said, oh, 
Christians who are there, so how would they worship God if God is just to be worshipped on Sabbath? Because the Sabbath to them in that area of the world is just first day, is Monday. And then I said that beyond that, I found out that Jesus Christ said, I am the Lord of the Sabbath. So the Sabbath was to be, uh, to be observed until the Lord of the Sabbath fulfills. And since the Lord of the Sabbath has come, that is the reason why he himself broke the Sabbath. And he went into the field on the Sabbath and he ate. He broke corn and he ate contrary to the old rule. To help people to know that the old rule has been brought to an end because the Sabbath himself that you observe is now standing in the midst of you physically. Same thing. And when the question he said to them that, why don't you, they said, why don't you keep the Sabbath? He said, because the Lord of the Sabbath is here. And he says that you do not remember how David went into the temple to go and take the, the unleavened bread and eat it, which does not belong to him. Uh, so, I told the person therefore that, finally, Jesus Christ from history, there is controversy about when he died. That the controversy is around the double Sabbath, which you don't know that I will teach you about that later when I finish all these lectures, and the Sabbath. But Jesus said that the Son of Man will be under the earth for three days and three nights. Just as Jonah was in the belly of the fish. And you know that uh, Christians celebrate um, the death of Christ on a Friday and his resurrection on a Sunday. And you know, Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday morning, that is two nights. So certainly, if Jesus, what he said was correct, which it is, it is correct, Jesus must have died on Thursday night. That is Thursday day, Thursday at 3 noon. Jesus gave up his ghost at 3 p.m. So 3 p.m. Thursday to 3 p.m. Friday, Thursday, Friday to Saturday, second day, Saturday to Sunday, in the third night. So certainly, Jesus must have died not on Friday. However, there is no controversy about when he resurrected. He resurrected on a Sunday morning. Because the Bible says that on the first day of the week, which to the Jews, that is Sunday, no controversy. Either by Jewish calendar or by, you know, other calendars. Jesus resurrected on Sunday. So, <clears throat> if we are to talk about worshipping Jesus Christ, which is the best day to worship him? Is it when he was still in the grave? No, sir. Because on that Saturday, the, the whole world was hopeless. The Bible tells us that the apostles were so hopeless that they locked up themselves in the room. They were so afraid. Because many people thought that when Jesus came, he should have delivered himself by, you know, his powers and stuff. They did not understand fully when he was telling them that I will die and I will resurrect the third day. And we also see the express, their fear and their confusion expressed when Mary came on, on Sunday morning and told them that he is risen, he is risen. They said, Mary, come back to your right mind. Before one of them said, let me go and look. And when he got there, he found the tomb empty. It was on Sunday morning that Jesus, the book of Matthew 28 was fulfilled. He says, an angel of the Lord came down from heaven. His appearance was like that of lightning. And that uh, the guards who were guarding the tomb were, sh were shaken. They were so much in fear that they fell down under shock. 
And the angel rolled the wheel the stone. So the stone of your life over my life and your life was rolled away on Sunday morning. Hallelujah, somebody. That's the reason why we Christians worship Jesus Christ, who is the author and finisher of our faith, on Sunday, the resurrection day. Anything that the devil has put to death in your life as you listen to me shall resurrect this morning. I say that he shall resurrect this morning. So we have not done wrong. We have done the right or the most right or the rightest, if that is acceptable grammatically, to worship the risen Savior on the day that he rose from the grave. If there is any day he wants to be remembered more than any other day, it will be the day he rose from the grave. That is the day that the Bible says, death, your death, where is your victory? Where is your grave victory, your grave? He conquered death. He took the key from the hands of the, the, the angel of death. He conquered the grave. He broke the power of, of grave and he revoked every death. As he came out of the grave and brought life to those who have been condemned to death. You and I. What a savior. What a merciful God. Who became flesh and carried the sin and came to the fight and contend with the one he created, the devil. And overcame him by the power of the grave. He broke the grave into pieces. He rose from the grave. The Bible said death could not hold him captive. That is the reason why I celebrate my God on a Sunday. That's why we celebrate God on Sunday. Somebody say amen. <laughs> that is Jesus for you. <clears throat> I had a dream yesterday. I think I mentioned it in our evening prayer. I haven't started preaching yet. I will preach now. But you need to hear this. And in that dream, I was standing on a, I think I mentioned it on the prayer. Yeah, I did. I was standing in a, in a place. And the church, it was so massive, more than this place. Where, where I was, is about ten times this place. And it was the church. And the whole place was jammed to capacity. And I came to preach. As I took the microphone and opened the scriptures to read. I read the first verse. And that verse was talking about the love of God for us. And instantly my heart opened and the ceiling was off. And I saw the Lord on his throne. And on his eyes I can read how much he loves us. And as a human I can understand how much we don't understand it. And I began to weep. And tears were rolling down my eyes. And I looked at God and I, I felt in my heart a big compassion for God. Can a man have compassion on God? Oh yes, if he is your father. And you recognize and realize how much he loves every human being. Even those who are not born again. How much he loves us so much. If he loves those who are in the world so much, how much more you and I who are born again. And how he will feel when you don't appreciate it. When you don't understand it. How will God feel when the one that God loves and God himself is protecting, he's running a task at time fear looking for protection. Can you imagine if you were God, how would you feel? He is with you. He is around you. And danger is coming. And you neglect and know him. And you are looking for ammunitions. You are looking for people to protect you. You are calling him all manners of names. Whereas he is the ever-present help. And God still accommodates us like that. How much do we struggle over the promises that he's given us? 
And especially when we don't do things, the simple things he tells us to do to achieve the, 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 the shortest cut he has ordained to achieve the goal. And then we are going other ways. How do you think God feels? That was why I had compassion on him. People who have so much potentials in them, created by God, and yet they are working on earth as nothing. That's why I had compassion on God. And tears were under my I could not preach because I was full of tears. That God, how, how long will, will, will you wait for us to catch up and understand? Even if it is a little fragment of our knowledge of you, just to walk in it. Is that not enough for humanity? It brought tears to my eyes. Within this one is the second time that I felt so much compassion for God. But you know how you and I can retaliate or respond, I would say, to this? is by what I'm teaching you. Now let me teach you. What I've been teaching you is about the seven things about the heart, mind, and thoughts. And we have gone through so many. We started from looking at loving God. We know for God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. And for about a month or so, we looked at how do you respond to that love? That is man loving God. Because we know about the agape love, we've had too much lecture about it. But we haven't had enough lecture on you now responding to God. And many of us do not recognize that God wants us to love Him too. And many of us do not recognize that it's the amount of love you have for God that determines the trust and confidence you have in God and that determines how much God can operate with you or through you or reveal to you. We went through all that. And then we now ended up in looking at the seven things about the heart and mind and thoughts so that you can flush your mind and your heart from every garbage that you have acquired. I can call that spiritual acquired syndrome. All the things you have acquired into your spirit by all this information that are set up by Satan in a very systematic way. That some of them look like a normal life. Some of them look like activism. Some of them look like you are fighting for your rights or fighting for the rights of some people and all stuff like that. And then we get ourselves to entangle with many things that Satan will now use to reprogram our mind. The ultimate intention of Satan is just to, to, to program you so that you miss God. That's all. And in any area of your life that Satan can program you and you miss God, Satan is happy. Then we move to the second area and work on it. That's what the demons do all their lives. So everything that Satan throws as a man, throws to human being, is to reprogram their mind from God so that they will ignore God in any aspect of their life. And in that area of their life, Satan can rule over them. And so, we have come to the last part of the lecture, which I believe will lead us into my, uh, my lecture on faith and confidence in God again, and then we will talk about hell, the reality of hell, so that people can know that hell is not a slogan, it is a reality. Are people there now? Yes. And I will show you evidences, both from man and from God. So, what we end up in is... Having explored all these seven stuff, we are now looking at principles of victorious living. Principles of victorious living. Now, last week, our key scripture was Proverbs chapter 4, 23-27. So, 27. It is above all else. Guard your heart. It is the wellspring of life. Put away perversity from your lips. Keep the corrupt talk far from your lips. 
Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Make level path for your feet. Take only ways that keep your that, that keep your foot from evil. And we have nine things spoken by that scripture, which we explored. And then we looked at this, the 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 the, the um, we looked at um, the trick of Satan on Eve and also on Samson, isn't it? Yes. Nod your head. <laughs> good, good, good. So today I told you last week that we look at controlling your heart. You agree with me that the reason why Eve lost what God gave, which is the greatest thing God could give to man at the time, to be in his image and in his likeness, to be in the full capacity of God on the face of the earth, to be fully God on earth, that's what God gave to man. And God deprived man from something that can undo that Godhood in him. What God has and knows, because he is God and is ultimate. But when he made man in his image, he prevented man from knowing one thing. But he gave man everything that he has so that man can master everything under heaven, including Lucifer. And you remember that last Sunday we discovered that Satan went to the man and said that, did God really say? And I help you to understand that anything that did not get your heart cannot get your life. Don't forget it. Anything that can get your mind, that is just you are considering your mind, is not enough to determine you. Because many thoughts pass through the mind of man. But any thought that man decides to accept by considering it and having a dialogue in his mind, that is the sort of thoughts that can now deposit in the heart of man and that is what can determine whether a man sins or not and that is what can determine a man is successful in life or he's a failure so when satan sold the idea to eve in chapter 3 he fell because eve wanted to have a dialogue with lucifer and i told you never in your life <laughs> you know, that, that, that book of Proverbs, I love it so much, that we read. Don't forget it. Chapter 4, he says, the last, the last note, and take only ways that keep your foot from evil. If there is a way that evil is, don't take it. That's what he says. Eve fell because she took the way that leads to evil. You are discussing with a man, you are on his path. You can't win Satan when it comes to trickery. He is the originator, the founder. He has no co-founders. He is the author and he is the originator of tricks. So, when Eve stepped out of, his, of her godhood to the ways of Satan, Satan convinced her. That haven't God made you in his image and in his likeness? There is still something yet that he hasn't made you. He didn't make you like himself. 
Whereas the Bible says God made man in his image and likeness, what is self? Image, mirror reflection of the object. Alright? Likeness, ability to function like the object. See, God is the object. And he made Eve and Adam in his image and in his likeness. No wonder he brought every animal to them to name and they named them according to what God will have named them. He tested their God ability and they got it. And that God ability man is still using it now to go to the mass, to go to the moon, to go everywhere, investigate the ephemeris and stuff. It is God given ability man that is doing all that. And Satan convinced the woman that you are not like him. How many times has Satan tried to convince you that you, are you really born again? Are you with me now? Today I want to draw a line on that. In this lecture. What I will teach you at the end of it is that, are you born again? And you are going to check where you are. It is going to be a self-check today, a spiritual check today. But you know, you would not expect that, you know, Eve could be overcome by the devil. However, Eve was. And when Eve was, you expect Father Adam to behave contrary. Because he was the custodian of, you know, I would say, God's law. The first law made by God was that you can eat all fruit, but these don't. That is the beginning of laws. However, Adam, because of love, fell. Because of love. I won't call that love. On Saturday of Women of Real Destiny, we are going to explore that. What is real love between husband and wife? Does love mean your wife should lead you to do evil? That's not love. Does love mean your husband should mislead you against God? That is no love. That is no love. Oh, if you love me, you will have done, you will do this for me. And if what that person is demanding is contrary to the word of God, Satan just possessed a man or a woman and speaking through the veil, you only need to pull off the veil, you see one inside. It's like when Job came, we read that last week, and told the husband in chapter 2 8 of Job. That curse God now and die. It wasn't the wife speaking. It was the tempter <laughs> who was speaking. And people need to know that. That is what destroyed Adam. However, is it not the same thing that destroyed Samson? We read it together. The same thing destroyed Samson. So, what have I said about these people? The issue about them is who controls your heart? I told you whatever controls your heart is the one that controls your life. Now, let me take you through a few things. Number one, your heart operates through your mindset. Write that down. Human heart can only operate through the mindset of a man. You know, mindset is very easy to understand. That is what you set your mind to do. That is how you have trained your mind to behave. How you have trained your mind to think. And it doesn't take, it doesn't come accidentally, it comes by progressive training. I will get the now. Progressive training. That's your mindset. Today, I'm answering the question, who controls your mindset? The first thing is that your heart operates through your mindset. Who, who controls your heart, I'm talking about. That is the focus. Your heart, your mind, your heart operates through your mindset. Number two that you need to know, 
Whatever controls your mind, controls your heart. Heart operates through mindset. So, the mindset is the major thing we need to deal with. If the heart is controlled by the mindset, if you can piece this mindset, then you can make a choice of what controls the heart. Are we together now? I'm sure when COVID is over, you will go back into your Pentecostal reaction. Uh-huh. So, but now, nod your head when you agree with me. And do that if you disagree. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, I said, heart operates through mindset. Heart of man, if you take mind away from man, that man cannot operate what is in the heart. So the heart needs a mindset to function. However, therefore, anything that controls your mindset has gotten hold of your heart. Now, the next thing we need to look at is the two elements that control human mind. So, we are talking about mind now. What are the two elements that control human mind? From the evidence of the scripture, flesh or spirit. These are the two elements that control human mind. So, therefore, this is God. This is Satan. God wants to control your heart. Satan wants to control your heart. Okay? When we go down to this, we recognize it more. So, the God and the devil, you are flesh, body, but your real you is a spirit. And he lives in this body until the time for him is over. Then he will shed this body and you say he died. Then he will go back to the God of the Spirit who put the Spirit in the body. Now you can understand. In the book of Revelation chapter 12 verse 7 when he says, And there was war in heaven, Satan and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon dragon fought back. And then if you go to verse 11, it says that they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And it says that great great dragon was hauled down from heaven to the earth. And it says, woe to you world, earth, because the devil has come into you. He knows that his time is short. Write it down. Ezekiel chapter 28. Now, Isaiah 14 first, you just read that, you you remember that, from verse 12, and Ezekiel 28 verse 12. If you look at Isaiah 14 verse 12, put it on the board please. I want everyone to read this one. Can you change that um, version for me? Alright. What did it say? How you have fallen from heaven, O morning star, son of the dawn. You have been cast down to the earth, you who once lay waste the nations. That's all right. So therefore, the earth, Satan only attacks the body, the flesh, not the spirit. 
He has no power over the spirit. He only goes for the flesh. And God of the spirit always goes for the spirit of man. So we're talking about mind control. The two elements that control mind, body, which is the flesh, or spirit. Let me give you an example. I love Dikinade so much. All right. Some of the reasons why I love him is because of what I have known about him. And that knowing came from my physical senses, isn't it? Yes. I've heard about him. I have seen him. I have known him. I have spoken with him. I heard what he said. And what he said about me is pleasing to my heart. What I say about him is pleasing to him. So I love him so much. He loved me so much because of what my physical body senses have received from him. All right? So, haven't my body responded to all his responses? It will come to a time that my spirit now loves him. That's when I begin to pray for him. Even when he doesn't know. He begins to pray for me when I don't know it. However, let's assume that I went, to, I went somewhere else and I met another person. And the person said, that, oh, look at Brother uh, Dekinadi. Oh, Apostle, I want to tell you that, that that man doesn't really love you. He doesn't really love you. I said, what are you talking? Keep your mouth shut and say, let me tell you what he told me. And he began to tell me all manners of things. That such confession that if you see him, you will feel like killing him. I have two options. One option is for me to say, what? He said that about me? And what will happen? The moment I begin to say things like that, the love in my spirit will begin to change because I am boiling it up. It will fizzle out and it will turn to hatred. However, I have not heard from the man's mouth. I have made opinion of him because of my flesh. I listened to my flesh. I did not listen to my spirit. My spirit loves the man. But my flesh has been contaminated through my hearing. And that is now rousing up all manners of thought. You know, what happened with, with, with such is that when the devil sells that to you and you believe it, demons will continue to develop many, many ideas on you. And when that gets to my spirit, I will see this man who I loved yesterday and suddenly I hate him. I will together. However, on the other side, if I am a man under the Spirit of God, as this man was speaking and speaking and speaking and speaking, the Spirit of God in me will open my eyes and I will say, Shut up! The Lord rebuke you. And you see the man calm down because it was a demon that possessed his mouth with the intention to make me hate an innocent man so that I can come under the firing point of the devil. How many people have been destroyed like that? Because the devil knows that when, when, when he was going to, 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 to um, um, test Job, he said to God, you know, I can't touch him because you have your edge around him. And God said, yes, because he's a righteous man, he's a faithful man, he's an honorable man. He's a man who is steadfast because of that. He has provoked the edge of God around himself. 
So if I gave in to my flesh and I did not walk by the Spirit, I will take the opinion that is given to me, which is negative. And the Bible says, whatsoever is good, whatsoever is of good report, if there be any virtue or praise, consider it concerning anybody. And I know that, but I gave in to a liar. And eventually, when I got angry and I hated him, I didn't want to... One day the matter came up and he said that, did, and the man was there. Did I talk to you? And the man said, uh, can you imagine all my life I have put myself under the fire line of the devil. The devil could afflict me. He has done it. He has destroyed many things that I should that you have privilege from God. I have deprived myself from God because I did not listen to the spirit of God. And that is the downfall of mortal man. Your inability to hear the spirit voice. And your decision to walk by the flesh. Walking by the flesh ends up in fundamental death. Walking by the spirit ends up in fundamental life. <clears throat> Let me show you scriptures to, to back up my claims. Number one. I said the two elements that control human mind is flesh and spirit. <clears throat> now, when I say spirit, I mean human spirit. Small letter spirit. Having said that, write this two down also. Your flesh is always controlled by Satan. That's what I've just given you the analysis. And your spirit seeks to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. That is, Satan always seeks to control flesh because he can control anybody in flesh. And God always seeks to control your spirit. God is not in the business of controlling your flesh. Because he knows that when he gets through your spirit, your spirit will now take over the flesh. Now, what is the danger of wrong mindset and the benefit of the right mindset? From the scenario I gave to you, if I chose to ignore and rebuke those confessions of the man, my good relationship will continue and what will only happen is that every blessing that God ordained that will come to me through him, nothing will hinder it. Because we are in love. I appreciate him and he appreciate me. I may not know it that in about five years time, I will be in a situation in life that he is the key to take me to the next level. But if I continue in my love relationship with him, that day will come, he will quickly do it. However, if I had lost it, by following a liar and a deceiver, because that is what my flesh wants. I will remain where I am, and I will never get to that destiny all my life. Because God will not change his cause. His cause is fixed. Therefore, the danger, we need to know the danger of wrong mindset and the benefit of right mindset. Romans chapter 8 verse 6 to verse 9. Eight. He said the mind of a sinful man is death. That is a wrong mindset. Is death. But the mind controlled by the spirit is life. You imagine what I told you. If after I've had bad news about Adi, uh, uh, and I bottle it on myself, how much more I'm eating up myself with hypertension, with diabetes, with every disease we have their place in me. Heart problem. Because I am fighting something inside my, my, my flesh, which is wrongly deposited in me. 
and all the all the poison of my body will be will be will be coming out because when I, whenever I remember him, I just continue to hate an innocent man who had done nothing. I have no evidence to do that, and I still accepted it, though I may be intellectually educated. I'm talking about flesh. I'm not talking about academics. This happens across line from the poor illiterate to the most learned man. When Satan gets your mind, he gets it through your body. When you respond in your body to it, then he gets your mind. What about people who get into pornography today, pornography tomorrow, pornography next tomorrow, pornography? Eventually they say they are addicted to pornography. Is it not the flesh that starts it until then the spirit is taken over by the devil? And let me say, every time you listen to flesh, it leads you to death. You will take decisions that will kill you, that will destroy you. You lose your joy, you lose your peace. And some Christians unfortunately blame some witches. And some useless, unspiritual men or women tell them that is the witch in their house. They are the real witch, but they are outside. Come on now, let's come back to our right mind. The Bible is clear. It's clear about this. The mind of a sinful man is dead. When you give your mind to sin, which is the flesh, you die. But the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace. When you lose your peace, you don't have peace. Check where your, your mindset is. It's the flesh. Check your action is the flesh. That's the only way you can lose your peace. If, if you cannot lose peace because you are sick, someone can be sick. Let me tell you this week. I only called one man and told him. I didn't tell everybody. This week, um, I just started feeling some tension in my body by, is it Monday or so? I told two people really. Because I told Pastor Jesus, I told Pastor, Pastor Tyler eventually. I was just feeling uneasy in my body. So what's happening with me? On the third day, that's Monday, last week. Yeah, this week now. This is Sunday. Yes. On Monday. And then, on Wednesday, I said, let me check my, my uh, Thursday morning. I said, let me, or Wednesday, let me check my blood pressure. And I checked my blood pressure. I was 190 over, over, is it 100? My wife said, eh? Do you know what? Because I don't have blood pressure. I don't. I don't have blood pressure. This will help you. Anointing don't stop sickness. I'm anointed does not mean I cannot be sick. If I walk in the path of sickness, I could be sick. Do I'm anointed. So, mommy said, we checked it again and again. He said, we have to call the doctor. I said, don't call doctor. He said, why? If you call doctor now, what doctor will say is that according to our scale, they will give you some medication. And when the doctor put your medication for high blood pressure, only God can deliver it from their hand. Oh, yes. Though a professor in, uh, in uh, high blood pressure had told us, Few things that you can do and get out of um, diabetic type 2. 
and high blood pressure, and they are physical things. And I think the medical council announced it on the television, on BBC some time ago. However, people don't do it. So, I got myself in this case. And mommy said, why won't you? I said, hold it. I need to retract my life for the past one week or two weeks. What have I started doing that I don't normally do? Doctor won't ask me that. Even if they do, if I tell them they will still want me to use something to calm me down. And I said to her that I have to, I, have, I saw that I didn't sleep for two days. Why? Because I got myself, and you know I'm back in school. So because I'm back in school, a week before, I got myself so much engrossed in my spiritual assignments. And uh, somebody, you know, had this, you have to deal with it, that, that, you have to deal with it. And because of that, I did not conform with my daily program of studies. And you know, in school, they don't wait for you. Whether you are a bishop, it doesn't matter. Once you come to school, you are a student. The submission day and time of submission is fixed. And they have told us that in this course, this is a professional course, don't miss submission day. Because if you give a client a day, that is an undertaking. If you fail an undertaking, you lose your license to practice. Because it's a terrible offense in that field. Okay? So they said, you miss it, you are out of the course. Straight. There is no second, no, no trial. And when I saw that, I have to do the thing for two days, no sleeping. So why wouldn't my blood pressure go up? I invited it. So I just said to mama, let me sleep. I delivered the something and I slept for three days I slept. I called, I called Pastor, Pastor Jesada, do you know what has happened now? Something never happened to me has happened. I told him, and then told, told, mommy, uh, told uh, Pastor Tayo eventually a few days after. But let me tell you, yesterday I measured my blood pressure. Two days ago I measured my blood pressure, 132, 133, over 70-something, over 80-something. That is what I was before. Even I went to do shadow boxing. Yeah, because they said I should be doing exercises. But lockdown, it locked me down completely. I don't do exercise. I don't go out. I, I had to go to the, to the, to the, to the, uh, I told mommy that this one now is, the kingdom of God suffer violence. If I can't do any exercise to do, I can, I can do my skipping rope. I did skipping rope, then I began to do my jabbing. I began to do my jabbing. And mommy said that I will tell Anthony Joshua to come and contest with you. I said, I'm ready for him. <laughs> But look at, gone down, totally. Back to my normal. You need to understand, I'm talking about your mindset. Let me finish this. Therefore, the scripture says, if a mindset is set on the physical things, it leads to death. If the mindset is set on spiritual things, it gives you peace. While I was having the issue of my uh, blood pressure went up, I didn't lose my peace. I didn't panic. Because the physical things that surround you cannot make you lose your peace if your mindset is set on the spiritual. If the physical thing changes, it cannot change your thinking about your spiritual. Because the body can be sick, the body can be weak. It doesn't matter. 
But if the spirit is alive, the spirit will give life to mortal body. That's what the Bible tells us in the book of Romans 8. If your spirit is alive, you will get your body healed. It's a matter of time. And if you look at the next verse, it says, The sinful mind is hostile to God. That is the mind of flesh. It does not submit to God's law. Nor can it do so. Now that is serious. We'll look at that at the end. Those controlled by sinful nature <coughs> cannot please God. Now that scripture suggests two stages. It suggests a stage of somebody who submits to the flesh. And then it tells you the consequence of submitting to the flesh. Hostility towards God. Anytime you submit to your flesh, you do something that God hates. Isn't it? You agree with me? Anytime you submit to flesh, you do something that God doesn't like. That is being hostile towards God. However, he now went to the second degree. He says, the mind controlled is different from the first one he was talking about. When a person gets to the place where your mind is controlled, <clears throat> okay, you will come to the place where you cannot please God. Though you want to, but it's not possible to do so because somebody else is now controlling your mind. He's the one who controls your action and your body. And you must not get there as a believer. However, you know this, that no man wakes up one day and is controlled by something else. No. You begin by, by practicing it, submitting to it again and again and again and again and again and again before it controls you. The easy way to get out of addiction is to cop your involvement with the practice that leads to addiction. No therapy can cure an addicted man. Except to deprive him from the practices that end up, put him in an isolation for two weeks or one month or two months. Where he will not be able to have access to that thing that he was involved in within two months is out of his blood. It's out of his body. When it's out of his body, his mind is set free. Understand. It does not submit. And then he said, it cannot Hostile man, a, a, a sinful mind is hostile towards God. When they speak about things of God, he will spark. Things that is right, he will spark. He will argue. From there, he goes on. He doesn't submit to God. He just submits to his will. And then he becomes controlled. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. And that is the last about the sinful nature. Now write these three things down. Your mindset determines your choice of life or death. Your mindset determines your choice of life or death. Whether you live or you die is your mindset. Number two. Your mind control determines all about you. That is who controls your mind determines everything about you. What happens to you. And then number three. What and who you are. Okay. What I, mean, what I mean to say there is that what or who controls your mind determines your direction in life. Let me get through it to you again. Your mindset determines your choice. Whether death or life, good or bad. Anything you choose today is your mindset. Are we together now? Yes? You know, what I'm teaching you guys, for Christ's tabernacle, 
I teach in this height, to the Christian world, I will go lower. Because majority in the body of Christ don't have knowledge. Except when I meet a company of people in the body of Christ who seek after the word written. Then I can go this height. If I teach this, among majority of people who just go to church, say blessing, say prayer, say amen, they'll be confused. But you cannot be because you know the word. And you know this is true. Your mindset determines your choice. Many, many areas of failures that Christians have and the abandoned devil, they are praying against one witch or wizard and stuff. <clears throat> those things don't, <clears throat> those witches have no business with it. It's your mindset that made your choice. Let me give you a basic in- illustration. You will permit me today. I'll finish in another 15 minutes, I suppose I'll finish. Or less. Let me tell you that. This is what happened to us at our young age. We decided to marry. Hmm? The person you married is your choice, not Satan. Am I saying the truth? You guys just married, except you. The two of you. Yours is coming. <laughs> Junior, I will go and get a woman and I will marry you on one Sunday. <laughs> there are some men in my church <clears throat> that I'm looking and watching out for you. If I see that you don't bring anybody, I will exercise my my um uh, what do you call it now americans call it um um they call it um second amendment second amendment right now you will recognize that you guys the person you marry is your choice and so are we who are your parents we married our choice but let me tell you among you and when we were young too are people who made wrong choice Old people will remember, will agree with me. They made wrong choice because they did not have a godly instructor. And some of them too, like when I was growing up, they had godly instructor, but they felt that they knew better than their father. They, what can you tell me? You can't tell me who to marry. Okay? So, they married people because their heart draws to the physical content, components. They did not check character. They did not check spiritual. Okay? Why I told you, the first day I met my wife, where is she, by the way? The first statement that came out of my mouth to her, because I don't know how to woo a woman, is that you are my wife, because God told me when she was sitting down that that's your wife. I didn't think whether she was born again or not, yet... To be able to understand what I'm saying, that God said, you are my wife. I've never spoken to a woman before that I want to be your friend, boyfriend. She's the first woman I will speak to. So I don't know how to say it than to say what I had. Can you imagine telling a woman in a party, the first party she ever went in her life to, and that you are my wife. Because God told me that that's my wife. Not knowing that she was an SU, you know, what these fundamental Christians who don't wear earrings, they don't do stuff. She was, and the first party she decided to go, after a lot of pressure, God set her up to come to that place where I was the one in charge. Doing, celebrating birthday for one of our sisters in the compound. And when I decided that, when I told her, when I got home that night, I told my dad and my mom, that I've met the person I'll marry. And my father said, what about the one that we have been planning for you? I said, no. I know that we have been talking, but 
God told me that this is my wife. And I told my dad, you hear the voice of God. Ask God and go to the prophets too. Whatever the case may be, because we do this more on the Saturday, the, the 31st, I think it's 31st, Saturday 31st. That's when we are doing marriage seminar by Zoom. I will do, I will do big expo, 31st of Saturday. However, my father prayed and God told him, That's, that is the divine person I created for your son. First choice. And then my father said, no, I have to go to third person. She, he, we, he, he took me, okay, let's go to your spiritual mother one of the days. We got to my spiritual mother. As we entered, she's a prophetess. She said, sit down. Why did you come to me after God has spoken to you? That's what I first said to my father. I was sitting down. He said, does God speak two words? When I say prophet, that is what I mean by prophet. We have not spoken. God will raise many of such among you. Especially you women. It's easy for women to operate in prophetic office. Easier than men. I'm telling you the truth. So, because of their frame of mind. The kind of mind women have, God gave them. So, she now said to my father, sit down. She said there are some people on earth who can make a wrong choice. They will have trouble throughout their life, but they will survive. He said there are few God created. If they miss the person they should marry, God will call their life back home. For they are useless. For the mandate upon them cannot be done at all, except they marry the person that God ordains for them. And your son is one of them. I mean, prophecies we have spoken before I was conceived. When I was in my mother's womb at the age of two, my mother just, just missed her period. Okay, second month. A prophet came to my mother and said, the son that God promised you, look at him in your, in your belly. This is his name. This is what he will do. Even to preaching in London and being established in the UK. They told my mother, as one of my own sons, that I announced for two years, the destiny that God gave him. So is me. And more detail. But let me say this to you, therefore. I have the option to tell my dad that, oh, well, let me marry the one that they have been programming for me. I have the option to go to any other girl in the streets and say they look more beautiful. Let me take this one. That is what kills Samson. Are we together? So, the decision you take in marriage determines the future in marriage. Okay? That's why when you decide to choose, don't just use your human mind. Check your spirit mind. If you check your spirit mind, you will never get it wrong. But if you walk by your flesh alone, she looks sleek, he looks tall and, and whatever you call it, you will soon end up to recognize that it's better to marry an ugly woman who gives you peace than to marry the one that is slim and tall and sturdy, but is hell in the house. It is good to marry a short man, very short, who gives you peace, than to marry the man that looks very slim and tall and whatever, who is a chameleon in the house. But you see, 
It is your mindset. That is what I want us to look at. Same thing with choosing career. What you do in life. So, mindset therefore, your mindset determines your choice. Your mind control determines all about you. What you do, what you say, how you act. And finally on that, whatever controls your mind will determine the direction your life is going. And let me say this, underline it. You can save yourself from future predicaments if you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you now. Are we together? You have, you have little or no regrets in life. Especially those of you who are still young and you are hearing what I'm teaching you. If you are married or you are older and you have children, what I'm teaching you can help you to live a better life. You cannot make a change, but you can live a better life. Therefore, I ask you, who is your controller? That may be very difficult to answer. However, I will say also, how do you know the one who controls you? You may say to me, if, if, if you want me to answer who is my controller, how do I know the one who controls me, by the way? The answer is very clear. Jesus spoke it. Matthew seven fourteen. How can you determine who controls you or who controls somebody else? Matthew seven sixteen. Jesus said, by their fruits, you will recognize them or you will know them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Now, can someone say I'm born again and always behave as in the flesh? The answer is no. So if you are in church and you recognize that all the time you are behaving according to the flesh, you have not been born again. Don't make a mistake to die. Just don't make that mistake. It's not reversible. Are you with me now? By your fruit, you know who is your, your controller. By the way you reason, by the way you act, you know who is the one who is your God. Praying in tongues is not what I'm talking about. You can pray in two million tongues and yet Satan is the one who is your God. Don't think that praying in tongues means you are going to heaven. No, there is no way in the Bible that tells you that. A person who prays in tongues, if it is a genuine tongue, it is by the fruit he bears we know that he has encountered the Holy God. Because Holy God cannot live in an unholy vessel. And a vessel that brings forth evil, flesh, cannot claim to be holy. And the Holy One cannot dwell inside him. He may have all the similarities of people who are holy. He's not. He's not. Jesus says, it's not by ordination you know them. It is not by performance you know them. It's not by excellent speech or eloquence you know them. It is by the fruit they produce. The way their mind operates tells you who is in charge of that person. The way you behave, the way you speak, he tells you who is in charge. And if you say you are of God and you discover that you are always getting into flesh, go and fast and pray and get yourself broke loose from the chain of Satan. There is somebody after you to, to sift you like a wheat. If you are a Christian and you love the company of pajoras, the company of wicked people, you engage in all those stuff, come on, lock up yourself and pray. If you, if you fast and pray and die, it's better. What will a man use in exchange for his life? After death, it is judgment. Forget about how person die. People who die don't have opportunity to come back 
and make it again. Once they are dead, that is the end of it. Their eternity has been sealed. And it is two choice only. Either hell or heaven. And there is no mercy. When I teach you about the reality of hell, many of you will shrink. That's the reason why you must make sure Satan does not control your mind. He does not control your action. He does not control your attitude. The Bible says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Can you say you are born again and yesterday you are in the seat of scoffers? Scoffing people. And you think your God is not there. And you say God is directing you. We are with God. Of course, He's the God of this age. I will show you a few things. Listen to me. I've helped you to know. Flesh and spirit determines mindset. Satan is after the flesh. God is after the spirit. It's your choice that determines who rules. Remember, you can know, you can know who controls you by what you do. Number two, sinful mind is hostile to God. When they are teaching and showing you the word of God, you see rebellion coming out of your heart. Satan has taken control of you. When you are instructed in godliness and you are arguing, Satan is trying to shift you like a wheat. Sinful mind is hostile. Hostile, hostile, hostile. I cannot explore enough the word hostility. But however, the Bible just gave an explanation. After saying hostile, which is a, a statement of qualification, he qualified it. Then he said, does not submit to God, cannot do so. Before your matter gets to the place where you cannot, you better stop it. If you are in the position of does not, stop it there, man. Because every way contrary to God leads to death, it leads to shame, it leads to regrets in older age. You can say no to the devil and that's it. It's your choice. Come on now. If I'm at peace with everybody here, okay, if I'm at peace with everyone in this house, it's my choice. Not because they are perfect or angels. I care to know nothing about you except good, good. And I have room in my heart for you to make mistakes. So that your mistake does not affect my love for you. I picked it up from Jesus Christ. Are you with me now? Because devil, I must not give devil a full stroll in my life. And you cannot see a pajora among my friends. Impossible. What are you doing in the company of pajora if you are not part of them? If they can't come near me, even they'll be afraid to come near me. That's what you must establish. You must call a spade a spade. People should know who you are by what you do, by what you say. And when they come in and somebody is being used by the devil to speak, zero tolerance. Sharply resist it and rebuke them so that they know where you stand. Satan cannot use corny corny to go and get someone to come and cornicai me. Whatever. He cannot. It's impossible. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, the person will be afraid. Because everybody knows who I am. When it comes to when you see me vehemently disagree with people, it must be on the principle that I believe what they are trying to tread on is contrary to the word of God. And that's when you see Apostle Williams, I'm not a gentleman in that region. You will see my, the whole of my venom out. But where, if you don't do that, if nobody does that, I'm a gentleman. I have no reason to be, to, 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 to be firm. Your life is your life. It's not your wife's life. It's not your husband's life. It's not your father's life. It's not your child's life. I will not because of a child go to hell. 
Neither do I want a child to go to hell because of me. Are you with me now? Understand you came alone. You go alone. So whatever problems Satan throws at you, throw them out. Before you are here, problem have been here. When you die, it will remain here. These walls, okay. My time is gone. Remember this. You can know who controls you by what you do. Number two, sinful mind is hostile to God, does not submit to God, and cannot do so. I will finish at just another day. Write this down. If you are controlled by flesh, you cannot please God. Because Romans chapter 8 verse 8 says, those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. We agree with that. When people, what people want, that's what you want to do. You can't please God. <laughs> you, can't, you are people pleaser. You can't please God. Your mindset determines your life. And write this down. Your mindset determines your life. Comma. What you do, it determines your life. It determines what you do. And it determines your attitude, your mindset. Romans chapter 8 verse 5. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their mindset on what that nature desires. That's Romans 8 5. Those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mindset on what the Spirit desires. That's how we can know those who are led by the Spirit of God. Who controls your mindset? If you find yourself that you love the things of the world so much, then Satan is the one controlling your mindset. What happens to a Christian that Satan controls his mindset? He will lose his salvation eventually. It does not mean that Satan cannot control the mindset of Christians. He does. That's why the Bible is writing in, in the Bible for Christians. If you yield to this flesh, Satan controls your mindset. And you understand that life of man is broad. So every aspect of your life that you don't yield to God, you yield to the flesh, the devil will finish in that area. And it will become a trial for you to now apply every godly principle to see Lee fine out of that blunder. There are some blunders you make in life, and they will soon forget it. There are some blunders you make in life, this car will live with you to grave. You cannot, you cannot divide yourself from it. But as a believer, that becomes your cross. But we can redeem ourselves from, I will say, many crosses by yielding our mindset to the man of Galilee. What's the conclusion of what I read to you? What I read to you says, those who live according to the sinful nature have their mindset on that what nature desires. Whatever the flesh desires, that's what they love to do. You know, I don't have time much. I would have told you a lot more. You know, this COVID, government told us sensible thing to do. What they are saying is not demonic. There are some people in the church who are saying that Satan is trying to dictate. They are stupid. There are people who don't go to church themselves. We have been praying now every day in this church for 205 days. They don't pray at all. When they hear about prayer, they don't go there. They are saying that see, Satan is the one trying to change, yeah, attack the church. Attack which church? Which church? Who told you that the building is the church? When Jesus said, I will build my church, is he talking about infrastructure? He's talking about a company of believers. 
They are all dead. They cannot hear the voice of God. They are too dead. That when God even shouts and thunder, they won't hear. And then you have other people, the government says that put on your nose guard. They all went ravelling. You saw them on television ravelling. After ravel, all of them caught COVID. <laughs> oh yes, oh yes. If you say that it's nonsense, when you catch COVID, especially if COVID works you well, not just sprinkle, because they are telling us that there is a difference between a little sprinkle of COVID and the original COVID. <laughs> you know, mindset. Their mindset is pleasure, pleasure. The other one in the church was saying that is the devil attacking the church. Their mindset is ignorance. They want to be prophet, and they have never seen a dream or vision before. I don't know which prophet is that. When the Bible says there is a prophet among you, I speak to him by vision, and I reveal myself by dreams. And he says, that is not so with Moses. He's trembling in all my, all, my, all my household. He said to him, I speak face to face, that's a seer. I am fed up of people saying they are prophesying in the church and they are talking from their head. That's Jeremiah 22. They speak by bad on their mind. Mislead many people. But only those who are ignorant will be misled. Ignorance is somebody who doesn't know the word of God. My pastor said, what do you say? Oh, the man of God said, what about you? Listen to me, brethren. In closing. I will say, conclusion of this is this, remember always that you, the way you live is determined by your mindset. Forget about Satan now. I'm not, I'm, Satan is not in the equation now. We will still talk about Satan, but it's next week. The way you live, what you do, what you respond to. What you speak, your decision to hate or to love, is on your mindset. (laughs) And I want to say one statement that is very, very dangerous. This is it. Your attitude determines your altitude. Your attitude determines your altitude you see you understand that attitude come by your choice of mindset okay nobody can cajole me and i cannot cajole you if i say anything if you choose if you choose to accept it it is your decision you can't go to court and say that uh, you see when the man was preaching i was cajoled and then i gave my one month salary and i didn't have um, any sal- any money to eat and so judge uh, can you help me uh, charge him for incitement to to spandamania or whatever judge will looking at you because it is your choice to behave that way so, know this for sure. All your attitudes that you have in life is your choice of mindset. It's determined by who did you choose to submit your reasoning to. Huh? So, if your attitudes are bad and then you end up in regret and sorrow and suffering and stuff, you have to be blamed. If your attitudes are good, and you end up in joy and victory and victory and victory, you have to be praised. Because you must have this baseline. Your attitude in life determines the height you can go, your altitude. 
and that applicable to every part of your life in marriage, in, in parenthood, in uh, 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 career, in church, in the gift of spirit, in God, in Satan. Your attitude determines how far you can go. If you have a worldly attitude as a, as a child of God, you will go higher in the world. And the higher you are in the world, the more you are disconnected from sovereignty of God. If your attitude is godly, the higher you go in the things of the Spirit. And all this grace of the Spirit will be easily available. They will be manifesting without asking for them. Because of your attitude towards God. All the kings of Israel that you read about, did you remember? Was it not their attitude? Solomon's attitude, God appeared to him. Having God appeared to him, when he changed his attitude, God forsook him and tore his kingdom. What about uh, Manasseh? Very evil. And God changed. And God sold him to slavery. And he went into Babylon. In slavery in Babylon, the Bible says that the Babylon, the, the, the Nebuchadnezzar put hook in his nose and dragged him like this, a king. And when he was there serving, he repented and he pleaded with God and God had. And God restored him back to his throne. Is it not attitude? So your attitude determines your altitude. Stand up, let's pray together. I want you to pray for yourself. Don't make noise, just pray to yourself. That God help me, oh God, with my attitude in life. Help me to make a right choice in my attitude. Because you recognize that it is just our attitudes. Satan, Jesus, gave us the job description of the devil in John 10.10. He says, the devil has come to kill, to steal, to destroy. You want to pray and tell God, help me. To submit to you all the time. My attitude. Tell the Lord. Father help me. To submit to your counsel. You know God loves us so much. That's why we are not destroyed. What does it profit a man to be lying about himself? He has to catch up with that man, and people will know that he was a deceiver. He was deceiving himself. Three pillars of life, don't forget, don't deceive man, don't deceive God, and don't deceive yourself. Don't walk by what people say. Walk by what your heart says, by the word of God. The word of God. And you will have no regret as you grow older. Boraso parodeshki maladai. Oh, Sovereign Lord, I want to bless your people, O Lord. For this once, I say they are free. Oh Lord! It was for freedom that Christ has set us free. No longer to be subject to you of slavery, it is written. The Lord Almighty has sworn, surely as I plan, it shall be as I purpose, they will stand. I will destroy the Assyrian in my land, I will break their yoke. 
It is written, I will defend my city, says the Lord, from marauding forces. I will defend my people, says the Lord, from oppressive spirits. Because of the blood of covenant, I will set free their prisoner from waterless system. Anyone bound under my voice, lose in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Is it not written? There shall be none that will say, Zion, I'm ill. For the Lord will forgive the sins of those who dwell therein. Yesterday, a testimony came in about somebody far away, not in this country, but connected to our prayer line who have been confirmed with COVID, with terrible pains and aches. <clears throat> As your word came out for healing, all pains disappeared instantly and the person was fully restored. And this is similar to what we had two weeks ago also. You are the Jesus Christ of Nazareth who heal every disease. So, diseases, it is written, worship the Lord your God. He will cause his blessing to come upon your food and water. I will take away disease from among you, says the Lord. And so, you disease, I cast you to die in the name of Jesus. Every form of disease, die in the name of Jesus. Be pulled out of human bodies. Whether it's kidney, liver, blood pressure, diabetes, whatever your name is, heal in the name of Jesus Christ. Whether it's COVID or flu, be healed in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Everything, every ailment that concerns the liver, the kidney, whether you are cancer, be healed in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The only medical dose that can work and heal every disease is the blood of the Lamb. Is the blood of the Lamb. Or is the blood of the Lamb. It is written, by my stress you were healed. It does not matter whether you are blind, whether you are lame. Be healed in the name of Jesus as of Nazareth. Every form of aches, headache, down to your to the toes, joint pains. I curse you to be removed from your roots. In the name of Jesus, I command healing to everybody. Every cell of body be made whole in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Father, I thank you because it's done. I speak to the life of your people. In this month of restoration, the Lord will restore you. He will restore your body. He will restore your strength. He will restore your power. He will restore your family. He will restore your home. He will restore your husband. He will restore your wife. He will restore your children. He will restore your grandchildren. The Lord will restore your fortune. Like the water cause of Negev. Heaven over you shall not be bruised. It shall open in the name of Jesus. In this new week you are going, heaven shall be open over you. In the name of Jesus, prophetic words shall come to pass over your life. In the name of Jesus, I command your womb to open and be fruitful, be fruitful and multiply, be fruitful and multiply, increase in number. In the name of Jesus, receive grain, receive wine, receive oil, enough to satisfy you fully. Never again will you be put to shame. Never again will you be put to shame. Circumstance of your life last week. That you have been struggling and Satan has been hindering you today by the power that is vested in me in the name of the sovereign Lord Jesus Christ. Satan, the Lord rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. I break the 
chain of iniquity. I break the bond of Satan over you. In the name of Jesus, by the blood of the Lamb, you are set free. In this new week, you shall fulfill. You will have plenty to eat until you are full. I declare your sins forgiven by the blood of the Lamb. And I speak new light arising to come upon you. Every spirit of guilt I cast away. Let the spirit of sonship take over your soul. As for me and you, my house, the Lord shall we Stretch your hand before the Lord. And may the Lord answer you when you are in distress. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help in this week from his sanctuary. And may the King of heaven grant you support from his Zion. May he remember all your sacrifices and accept your burnt offerings from you. May the Lord give you the desires of your hearts and make your plans, all your plans succeed. Everything you need from heaven to succeed, receive the resources in the name of the Lord of hosts. We will all shout for joy by this time next week. We will shout a joy of victory. I will lift up the banner of the name of the Lord our God. And may the God of better who appeared unto Abraham. And made a covenant with him. He appeared unto Isaac and confirmed it with an oath. And he appeared unto Jacob and he brought him back to Bethel where he blessed him and where he made it an everlasting covenant. The one who had covenanted with us through Christ Jesus and he says those who have faith are sons of Abraham. May he open the book of remembrance concerning your life and take you from where you are and take you to where you ought to be. This week for you shall be a week, a week of answer prayer. All your requests from January shall be answered, shall be fulfilled. So shall it be, and so it is. In Jesus' holy and anointed name we are praying. Somebody say Amen.